the strength of the mind is a rumor created by the mind, believed by the mind that is sitting inside the consciousness. A little bit. We're sitting with the consciousness a bit. And I, I explain what I mean by this. It's very subtle, very subtle thing. This thing is very subtle because when I spoke one time about the thing when people say, I, I tend to forget. Forgetting and remembering is only possible for the incomplete understanding. Forgetting and remembering can only happen uh, on account of the the mixture of, well, you may say, I call it a mixture of consciousness and uh, personality. Because actually, the self cannot forget itself, and it cannot remember itself. It, it is perfection. Those qualities are not in it. So where are those qualities inherent? It's in, inherent inside the, I, the belief that I am the person. And it's the person which is an aspect of consciousness that believes or disbelieves or forgets or remembers. That is something very subtle. But if you should only contemplate on this thing, it will open up a very big space. Some things are, are just universally accepted illusions and delusions. And it's so believed by everybody, it behaves as though it's a truth. But it's not actually true. Just like there is the belief that there is I, and I'm independent, unique, and with practice I will one day become. It is an expression of consciousness. Consciousness creates that illusion and delusion as also another way of discovering itself. But when it discovers itself, it sees that that was not true. That all of this is not true. And it is difficult to really use only uh, language or concepts and convey the depth and the profundity of some things. You just have to bring them inside yourself and, uh, and be, be with the inner scanning and see for yourself. It's not true. If you're told it's not true, for some people that can be depending upon the strength of their belief or their faith in in in, in the words that's been spoken, or it depends upon the inner quality that's able to assimilate that quickly, then you can say something like that, like that is not true, that the person is not true, the I the I me is not true, and some they will jump over everything just with that. But most we have to internalize that examine it, verify, you know, contemplate, and then somehow it comes out into open space again. And the mind, we say that the mind is so the mind is so strong. How did it become strong? Mind is only thought and belief. Whose belief? The consciousness in identity with conditioning and with the body believes this. And then the dream can begin. The show begins in this thing. It's like saying, for instance, please help me to stop my mind. I said, really, it's not really that you stop your mind, it's that uh, somehow you stop supplying energy to your mind by understanding that you are the source of the mind. It can seem like the mind, at some point, the, the, the identity mind, the psychological mind, develop so much power, so much power is supplied to it, 
that it breaks away and becomes a it seems as though it becomes an independent entity on its own acting against you and it can even get personified into a kind of entity and appear also to you in the form of somebody or something or whatever these things are not easy just to understand because it's not a part of our cultural uh, conditioning or heritage to think in this way. Nevertheless, those forces are still operating. See how you stop your mind. You can through some yoga, through pranayam, through some um, uh, mantra, stop the thought flow, but only for some time. Then it opens up again. It will go because this is not the natural way to do it. It's like somebody can, I can stop your thought flow and bang you on the head. That stop of thought flow, but it's not natural. So, what is the way to transcend this mind functioning as uh, obstacle? Is to understand uh, what you are. That if you understand that you are not the one that the mind can attack, find out who the mind attacks, and you see that mind can only attack your self-image, the idea you have of who you are. You see, you cannot attack the pure self. Now we have to find out, but are you the pure self? And how can you prove? How can you verify? Inquiry is for this. It brings you to the proof. To say, how can I stop my mind? It's an SOS. It's an emergency call, but it's an emotional call. If the simple answers be the self, will you be able to assimilate this response? You don't have to know what the self is. For most people, the self is their personality, persona. This is self. If you say that there is a higher self and a lower self, you ask people to stand in what category they will stand. They will stand in the position of the lower self. Some few might stand in the position of the higher self. Looking around at other bullets, you know, but they say, "No, no, get back in the right category." <laughs> no, no, not yet. That conviction is not there as yet. Somehow, imagine that something could come. You're here, and it can just have a sense of taking your being and just moving it here, but still leaving it here. It's like it just takes, uh, sits inside, and it pushes. And then it makes another being in front, and then it puts the energy into that being. So it starts to live as though it's here. And from here, it starts to feel, yes, I am this type of person, I love this, and I have a sense of privacy, I protect my feeling of privacy, and start to develop whatever I feel belongs to uniquely to, to, to me. This is my kingdom, and boom, 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 boom. But actually, it's only originally here. But it never looks backward to, to know that. So everything is being lived from this place. The first extension, I am me. I am this. You can live all of the apparent existence in that. But there is a seeing from here. I don't even know if I can say that there is a seeing from here, because it's not conscious. It's like an ancient memory is there, but it's not needed. So. Never looked back. It just looks forward. And in a sense, the identity um, of a person is, is like the first projection, maybe second projection. 
The first projection is the feeling I am, and that's not a person. The first projection is perhaps the feeling of being, of existence, which is mostly the aim of spirituality is to get to the place where the I amness is not mixed with time and with thought. Then the second extension is the I am becomes I am me, I am the body. So even that may be the second extension is where we're living from. I am the body. To return to that which is not an extension may be rare. To return to the first extension, that is uh, already great. To go back to the unmixed I am and to recognize, acknowledge and be one with that, that is already success. But it's not the ultimate. Mm. So sometimes you might be asked, you know, what is your position? Mm. When you say I, in what category is your I speaking from? This is already an excellent exercise. Mm. When you're speaking, yeah, I went to do this, and uh, you know what I think, and I believe this, and I've been doing this. As what are you speaking? First extension, I am the body personality. The, the second extension, the first extension, I am the I am, speaking as consciousness, or earlier, the absolute, which is a position, because you can still speak I as absolute even. Mm-hmm. You cannot say in the absolute there are no words nothing to speak. No, words are going to be spoken, but they are used um, in the realm of consciousness. It speaks through consciousness and the body on behalf of the absolute, which doesn't speak directly words, doesn't speak, but that wisdom pour out from it, and it has to come through the medium of the consciousness and the mind and the body. For instance, when Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj speaks, he's speaking from that position actually. When Sri Bhagwan is speaking, he's speaking sometimes like this to somehow um, relate to the capacity of the ones who are listening. This is a true teacher actually. So when we are speaking, if you are reminded, either within your own self or by someone, establish your position as who are you speaking. Do we comprehend the question, the importance of the question? Hmm? And then you may check in and see. Uh, you have to admit, you know, uh, yeah, actually, it's personal. Actually, I'm just coming from the mind again. Then you may be asked, do you want to continue coming from mind? Then you might say, I don't know where else to come from. Mm. How can I speak as consciousness? Mm. Then this question you yourself will not know the answer. What you have to do, go to consciousness, be one there, and see what comes out of the mouth. Otherwise you're being told something earlier than you can comprehend. Mm. So the mind just collects it. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. It takes it and off. It doesn't go any further. It's like a monkey that's chewing a lot of food, more food he can eat, and it keeps in the side of his mouth, in a pouch in the side of your mouth. I don't want to present a kind of flowery spirituality. Oh, you're so sweet, you're so beautiful. I tell you, you are the absolute. Absolutely. That's not a belief. Mm. But now it must be confirmed. Where does the doubt rise? Because some doubt is there. 
there's somehow that the memory, the faculties of the mind and personality and conditioning are really speaking on your behalf. Mm. Saying, you know, I want this, I will, you know, by the time in two years I want to be here. So this is all nonsense things. When you've understood something, it must be authentic. Not a belief, not something we read and you know pass around. It must actually pass through, so that you stand in the authority of your own seeing. This is what I'm saying. And how difficult is it? It's not difficult at all. It's not difficult. It's just somehow when we give too much importance to the mind and the conditioned self. You are you are divided. In fact, it's like you're walking on the beach, one foot on the sand, one foot in the water. So you're neither swimming nor really walking, because something is not sure. You don't want to give up. You're protecting the investments, so you're not fully in, not fully out. The subtle things, and we can live with these subtle. Self-deceptions. I don't know if this is can be a true. Can we truly deceive ourselves? I've had different responses. Sometimes say yes, yes. You can keep believing something until it just seems like it's true. But I still feel because the because the root of it is that your consciousness, pure consciousness, then there's always something here, a subtle a subtle seed of reminding. That makes when you hold on to what is untrue, it it creates a kind of nausea inside you, and that will be your mm. your your inner zen stick. So therefore, I say you cannot be totally deluded. There's always some power inside because you are the pure being. The greatest mystery. We don't know anything. Why were you born as a woman or a man in that body? Why were you born at all? Were you born at all? Why were you born as a human being? Uh, not as a, not as a animal or insect or not as a god. Do we know these things? We don't know the thing. Do you know at this age how your body will look, how it will behave? How healthy you will be, you don't know. Do you know you were coming to these particular parents? You didn't know. Were these particular parents expecting you particularly? I don't know. Of course not, they don't. You're a surprise. Be a surprise every moment. Even out of our own body, something is unfolding fresh every moment. Do you know about it? You don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a question mm. about. I don't know really what my question is, but um, I've seen that uh, in the seeing, in the discovery of truth, there can be, or in the search for truth. And the different uh, uh, realizations that may come up in this, mm. uh, 
there can be ego, what I call ego, or mind. There can be residue of mind mm. in in the one who discovers this, mm. and this is what creates. And then, mm. because this this mind then takes hold of something that is not thing to do with uh, that extension. This is the power of the inquiry. Because actually, the potency and power of the inquiry is that it is the most unsparing tool. It's very difficult to for the pockets of resistance to hide out and to, to live on under the scrutiny of inquiry. Because as you begin to recognize, not that you're going out looking to where, where they're hiding, you don't have to. This is the power. You don't have to go out looking for where you know where these insurgent energies are hiding. You don't have to. You just hold your ground in your undivided seeing and they start to show up. It's like they become fluorescent and they can't hide in the power of that in that of that position. But if you're looking if you're looking like these today now, it is hunting day here season. Today's hunting day. Now again you hear the shot inside. They're running around looking for wild pigs. Okay, if you're looking for thoughts like this in the jungle of your own mind, snipering, you know, you can be there for a very long time because that forest is bigger than this. But if you stay as that single seeing. In whose presence whatever is said to be known or appear must appear in front and report to that presence itself. If you're there, they'll start to show up. It's almost as though those wild boars start to become fluorescent magenta. They come up and you start you start to feel their energy, they can't hide. They start to come. <laughs> Something goes, ah, this is it, something moving now. And uh, the, the the content of them is really the perfume of personality, of something personal. It's always about something personal. When you're a person, you suffer from what is personal. When the thought takes on a personal quality, criticize you. You're not good enough. Look, you know. Huh? As I said before, the mind, you know, it loves some evidence. Oh, look, you see, <laughs> you see how he passed you. Didn't look at you. <laughs> he didn't like you, and it will work on these ways. Whatever you are vulnerable, any kind of insecurity, any kind of art, it will work with this, and it will exaggerate this. This, it works like this. If I should say that ultimately all this is for good, would you accept it? Of course, it is. Almost as though the life that we project from a personal perspective. It has to crash at some point. That is grace, because mm. if it doesn't crash, you start to believe it is true. You live for that. At some point, it's built in to 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 start to crash a little bit. When it crashes, then your aspiration can broaden. You can go deeper. You can come out. The self itself does not suffer from ego. It designed mm. ego. Mm. It creates ego. Hmm. It's an instrument to somehow sharpen your Dharma eye, the ego. But if you keep on living in the identity of that, then 
often confusion, insecurity, fear, all these things will mm, encircle us. We'll have the feeling like it can do this. If you stay simply as what you have been pointed to, come back to that place behind which there is nothing. When you have come to that position behind which there is nothing, in front of it will also be nothing. All the somethingness will have the quality of nothing. You will be like nothing. Not a painful nothing, the most beautiful nothing. Not a sort of nothing like uh, sterile, stagnant, dead. Not that nothing. That nothing is coming from the mind. The nothingness that we speak about, unfathomable, immutable, timeless, perfect. When identity arises with the body-mind, it's like the beingness has swallowed the pill of somethingness. And everything becomes almost that they are individually real. Mm. So what you say is that uh, as long as there continue to be some sheltering of uh, personal tendencies, like sheltering, not the sense of the person, and I want to make clear, not the sense of the person which is only a kind of a light costume enjoyed in the being, not this. But when the costume is being taken to be the real, and being guarded and protected and presented as the real, then it is impossible that complete realization will prevail. It is just impossible. It is common sense. And everything that you seem to have gained, you will hand it into the you will give it to the mind, thinking that it is safe. It is like opening a shop selling bananas and putting a monkey in charge. <laughs> At the end of the day, he says, How much business will you do? There is no bananas. You did very well. And you go, mm -hmm. <laughs> You will not have any bananas nor money. So it is the, that is the belly of the mind. It is never full. And we are doing this somehow, if you hold a sense of identity inside the heart, and somehow you are thinking you are understanding, and you just give it to the mind, which just makes it into junk food.